What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. Lucas and Tyler hanging out with you on another Friday, baby. On another yes, Friday. sir. We love Fridays. End of the week, get to celebrate a little bit. Tyler, how how's it going today, man? Man, I'm excited because you know what's this weekend? What's this weekend? There's football on this There's weekend. football on this weekend, baby. Yes, sir. There is football on this weekend. We are drought and we are in the drought no longer. No longer are we exiled from the land of football. <laughs> we have currently exited the woods and we are now back in the field of football. I cannot be more excited. I am 100% on board with you there. FFL is on Twitter, the FFL is on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. I'm at Lucas Wenzel on Twitter, Tyler underscore Plath on Twitter for Tyler Plath as well. Make sure to go drop our personals a follow there. We got the NFC West breakdown for you today. And frankly, to keep this episode as short as possible on a Friday for you all, we're just going to jump right into breaking down the NFC West here. We got no, we're not, we won't do any news. We'll save all the news for next week. Uh, we'll bring back the mailbag next week. It's been a few weeks since we've done a mailbag. So we'll have to bring back the mailbag next week. But Ty, let's just jump right into the hot take of the week. Hot take Ty is hot take from the NFC West. Focuses on who? It focuses on James Conner. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> and I, I'll say this right away. James Conner is just the unfortunate target in this hot take. Like, <laughs> there is really no one to have a hot take about this year. Like I thought about Allen Robinson being a top 20 wide receiver this year. Okay. Yep. But I was like, I feel like there's, there are a lot more people that like sneaky like that or like agree with that. And they're not really willing to debate it. Sure. I didn't care about the Seahawks. <laughs> well, the Seahawks are just like, I didn't want to mess with the backfield. DK Metcalf is like our own little take. And yeah, well, right. So I, I went with James Conner. And um, look, when you have 18 total touchdowns in a season, that is bound to come down. Okay. And yes, 18 touchdowns put him as a RB5 last year, did it not? It did. So, like, I mean, if you take away four touchdowns, he's probably still a top 15 running back. But I'm saying he's going to have even less touchdowns than taking away four touchdowns. So less than 14 touchdowns. Because I'm saying that James Conner is going to finish outside of the top 15 running backs this year. And I don't think it's as, that's as crazy as people are making it out to be. Or would make it out to be. I think people... <laughs> Like Cliff loves using the running back around the goal line. Okay, no question, right? Like James Conner will get his around the goal line this year. The matter of fact is just that I don't think he'll get the same receiving work. That's what it is for me. That's what it is for me. It's the receiving work more than it is his goal line touches or anything like that. Like you look at James Conner last year. I don't want to trample on. Oh, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that bit. I like your take. I like that hot take. That's I mean, a hot start... take that I don't think like I don't find it shocking, but I know a lot of other people will be like, "What?" I'll be like, "Well, yeah, yeah." I mean, I mean, Damian Harris finished as the RB fourteen, fourteen, and he had how many rushing touchdowns last year? Fifteen, with no receiving work. Correct. That should give you all the context you need for why James Conner can finish outside of the top 15 this year. I'll, I'll dive more into James Conner, James Conner's receiving numbers. That was really confusing, James Conner's. Yeah, James Conner's receiving numbers. I'll talk about those more when, when we talk about the Arizona Cardinals here, which will actually be aha, our first team that we discuss here. But uh, before we're starting with James Conner, let's actually start with the quarterback who just signed himself a massive massive contract this offseason 231 million if i'm not mistaken yeah i believe so kyla murray quarterback three for both of us and i feel like people are gonna think that's high maybe maybe the reason why i say maybe is because he he he's felt disappointing right he finished as a quarterback 10 last year because he missed time he was still quarterback four in fantasy points per game though so what keeps like what has kyler as a top three quarterback 
for you? Well, uh, do you remember the exact amount of passing touchdowns that he had last year? Oh, no, I don't off the top of my head, but that's super easily accessible. And I will, if you keep talking, I will get that number for you. Because we, I think we all acknowledge that like Kyler Murray will take a couple touchdowns on the ground, right? Like he'll, Correct. I mean, he had like four or five last year. Kyler Murray so, had 24 passing touchdowns last year. He had 24 passing touchdowns and he had like four or five rushing touchdowns. I can confirm that number for you too, but yeah, keep going. In fantasy points per game, he is a quarterback four with only 24 passing touchdowns and like five, maybe six rushing touchdowns. If let's say he has like 28 passing touchdowns, he's he's a top five quarterback. I mean, or that that's with the you know he doesn't get injured and all that right. stuff. <clears throat> I mean, oh, even like, in 14 games last year, 20, 20, what's 24 passing touchdowns, right? Like it's almost two a game. Yeah. So you tack on two more games, four more touchdowns. I mean, you're hovering right around that 28 touchdown mark. You have five rushing touchdowns as well. Mm-hmm. So again, like it's really not that hot to say that he's, that he could be a top three quarterback this year, especially when he now has Hollywood Brown. He will get DeAndre Hopkins, but he has Zach Ertz at the beginning of the season now. But he, he's got guard the hog. He's got guard enough dog. weapons to make it all work. That's the big thing now, right? Like when you lose DeAndre Hopkins, you're not throwing to Christian Kirk, who we all know wasn't worth an $18 million contract, but right, he's no Hollywood Brown. He's no DeAndre Hopkins. Throwing to the ghost of AJ Green. <laughs> okay. Like <laughs> Not that you're throwing to Rondale Moore, who's got an A dot of like four. I think his A dot was it was the lowest in the was, league last like year three. at like, like three. It was... Yeah, it's absurdly low, right? Like now you load him with weapons. You you give him a Marquise Brown, who you know twenty. What was his target share with Lamar Jackson last year? Twenty seven percent, twenty six percent. I twenty six or twenty seven percent, hovering right around that mark. You bring that over now. You have Zach Ertz, who Zach Ertz is no slouch. Okay, he's a solid tight end. He can produce. He was a tight end six without DeAndre Hopkins last year. Like Kyler Murray has weapons now. Then you bring DeAndre Hopkins back. Like I don't think it's otherworldly too. Yeah, like you said, if he finally hits that thirty touchdown mark this year and adds another four, five, six on the ground. And here's the best part about this about this this team. I should say their their defense is garbage. Oh, it's it's bad. It's bad. And with how good the offense will be this year, they're going to be a lot of high scoring games. It's a lot of high scoring games. So Kyler Murray will absolutely, I shouldn't say absolutely, but like, I absolutely top five. It adds more fuel to the argument of he is top five, if not top three. Mm -hmm. Bingo. It's the high scoring games. It's a game script we expect this Cardinals team to be in. One of those pass catchers that will benefit from that, we've already talked about this, is Marquise Brown. I'm already going to spoil my most difficult player to project that I'm going to ask at the at the end of this episode, <laughs> and it's Brown. Marquise Brown, <laughs> hands down, because I have no clue what the target splits are going to be once DeAndre Hopkins is back. And like you said, I've just leaned towards the side now that this team is going to be pass-heavy second half of the season once DeAndre Hopkins gets back and they get into all these shootouts, right? Like typically DeAndre Hopkins was only seeing right around eight targets a game, I believe it was. So I mm-hmm. had him projected as such. And then, you know, when you get eight targets a game back, okay, Hollywood probably only sees about seven, six, seven targets a game, right? Like, how do you stat out a season where Marquise Brown, you know, is seeing nine targets a game for the first six weeks, but then the second half of the season he's only seeing six or seven? How in the world like how how do you play that kind of a guessing game? Ultimately, uh, I've I've settled on I've settled on on Hollywood being my wide receiver twenty four. He was initially outside of my top thirty, and I decided that's a little bit ridiculous. I, I think that's a little too cautious on Marquise Brown. So I say he's my wide receiver twenty four with chance to be awesome the first six weeks, like he has been, like he was last year. But once DeAndre Hopkins is back, I am like, I'm kind of like Homer Simpson fading back into the bush on him, right? Where I'm just kind of like. I have him on my team. I don't know how I actually feel. Don't ask my opinion. And I just, I just slowly fade back into the bush. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you think about Marquise Brown, but like, I just needed to get my like 
he's probably the most difficult player to rank for me in this division. I we talked about this before we started recording. For me, he's anywhere between twenty six and twenty eight, and currently he's my twenty. He's my twenty four. I think he is. He's your twenty three. He's my twenty three. So moving back 26 27 28 that puts him as a high in flex i'm not out on hollywood brown no but he's going as a wide receiver too that i cannot buy into because of what happens when deandre hopkins comes back but if he falls and i can get him as a flex i feel much better about that but again it it's borderline impossible to predict what things will be like for the both of them because we we just don't know how it'll all work out when right. Hopkins comes back. No, we don't. And that's Marquise Brown will be a wide receiver to the first six games of the season for fantasy right football. It's it, it it's the it's the other eleven games that all of a sudden were we just have questions on which I think kind of leads us into DeAndre Hopkins then of what the he might be the second most difficult player to rank in this division because you look at his touchdown numbers, they're going to be great. His touchdown numbers are going to be great second half of the season. But like, what do you do with the DeAndre Hopkins then? He's my wide receiver 36. He's your wide receiver 44. I think that's about the range he belongs in because I certainly don't want to spend top 30 pick at the position on him. But like, if he goes outside of the top forty-five, I think that's too harsh. Yeah, and, and I think what what <laughs> brings me some comfort and some solace about my ranking of Hopkins is that if I break it down on a fantasy points per game basis, he's in the top fifteen. But then again, it's just like if, if a forty-four is just like it feels too low. Right, because in best ball, I'm spending wide receiver 36 ADP on him every day of the week and twice on Sunday. He might be my most rostered player in best ball right now Mm -hmm. because the value I'm getting on him is insane when I load up on wide receivers and then DeAndre Hopkins falls to me. And I'm like, well, why don't I take him as my fourth wide receiver? Because that is, I I will be loaded then when he comes back, right? Like it's one of those. It's Mm -hmm. one of those. I don't think you can go wrong with DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not reaching for him. That's what I will say. I'm not reaching to get DeAndre Hopkins on my team in redraft formats. But I will say, like, I don't know, man. I like having him on a lot of my teams in best ball. Because if I can sit on, if I have two really good wide receivers ahead of him, I can build up some depth and sit on him for six weeks. It's a great weapon I have coming back, who I think probably will see right around eight, nine, 10 targets every single game and probably score at least, at least half a dozen touchdowns in 11 games. I'm mm-hmm. projected for eight touchdowns. I'm the same way. I mean, he's seven, eight touchdowns. He's getting about eight or nine targets a game. Like I like I, we do need to kind of, you know, speak and state the obvious. Kendra Hopkins is 30 years old. Yes. So we are kind of getting closer and closer to this. Uh, I'll just say unlikable age for wide receivers. Yep. So there's a year or two left of DeAndre Hopkins. And we, I, but for the time being for this year, like if you can find a way to stash him in a draft, oh, you're winning your draft. Yes. Yes. 100%. 100% agree. Uh, let's talk about the other pass catcher before wrapping up with your hot take guy, Zach Ertz. Tight end eight for me, tight end seven for you. I mean, I think it's clear. He's just in the right offense this year. We saw how good he was in this Cardinals offense once he was traded last year. And part of it is just like, there's just not that many quality guys at the position. So when you get a guy who's in a pass happy, pass happy offense with good quarterback play, that's just a tight end I want on my team, frankly. And he's going to get volume. That's the other thing you need. You do need a sense of volume. And Zach Ertz will get volume this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there much we need to say outside of that? No, he is like, I mean, we talk about the drop off from like your your solid positional advantage tight ends, right? Like your Andrews, your Kelsey, your 
Kittle, your Waller, your Pitts, your Schultz, and then Ertz. For me, Ertz is in there. Yeah. And then it is everyone else, Hawkinson and Knox. And I mean, and the list goes on and on. Goddard and Gisecki and Komet and yeah. Ertz fits is like the last option in that like positional advantage. Yes, you he does put him that high. I don't think I have him quite that high. I yeah, I put him that high. Okay, I, but, I would disagree with that, but keep going. I I I think he do also gets a question mark to place on him when Hopkins comes back. But what we know is that he dominates the middle of the field, and. When Hopkins comes back, that's going to open up the field. <laughs> so it, I think it's less it's less of a question mark on Zach Ertz than Hollywood Brown, but there is still a little bit of a question mark that you're like, it does scare me just a just a just a tad, just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. No, I I 100% agree. I 100% agree with that. I like Zach Ertz this year. I think he's one of the better tight end values in drafts. So if you want to punt on tight end and you're kind of like, eh, do I want a wide receiver four running back four right now? Go ahead and take Zach Ertz at that point. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. Uh, James Conner, let's wrap up the, the Cardinals with him. I, I, I want to touch on his receiving numbers, okay? Because what people don't recognize is that he only had five targets, not receptions, five targets while Chase Edmonds was still healthy and on the field last year. Five. Five targets, and I believe that would have been eight games? Is that how many games Chase Edmonds is? Seven games? Yeah, seven or eight games. I can't remember the exact week, but only five targets. Only five targets. I'm a broken record. He only had five targets, okay? How many targets? Five. Five. Sorry, I I probably didn't clarify that. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Five targets. Chase Edmonds isn't there anymore. I get that. Okay. But Daryl Williams is no slouch either. He saw 50 plus targets last season. He can handle a pass catching workload. So I don't think it's just like James Conner take over time. Like, I don't like, will he see a bulk of the running back carries? Yes, he absolutely will see a bulk. He'll see the majority, if not almost all the running back carries. But then when you talk about the passing game, I think they're really going to want to mix in a a guy like Daryl Williams in there more. You might see a little bit of Eno Benjamin in there. You might see a little bit of a rookie running back. Keontae Uh, Keontae Ingram. Ingram, Thank you. Um, I just don't think it's like, like James Conner. I don't think he's a lock for 50 plus targets this year. I have him again. He's, he's like uh, who did we talk about in the last episode that I said, Josh Jacobs, right? I think he's a Josh Jacobs, right? Except with, a frick ton more touchdowns. That's the reality of it. Like James Conner will probably see 50 targets this year, but I don't think he sees all the work like so many people are expecting. So that that's my whole bit on James Conner's receiving work. I'm not buying the, like, he's going to see everything. They're just going to feed him until he, until he drops. Cause if they do that, frankly, I think we will only see like a, a 12, 13 game season from James Conner this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I don't know if you have anything more you want to add. You already kind of, ripped out your hot take on James Conner, but nope, we nailed it right there. Well, let's move on to the Super Bowl champs, Los Angeles Rams. And let's start with a guy who's coming off of a historical, historical wide receiver season. Cooper cop, triple crown winner. Cameron, and I have him at wide receiver one. You've got him at wide receiver two, Tyler, you're How a criminal. I, I can't How believe I. you would ever, Consider having Cooper Cup somewhere that is not the overall wide receiver one. I don't know why you're still on this podcast right now. I like. I'll just leave the call right now. Yeah, man. See you guys next week. Yeah, yeah, man. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll we'll see you, man. Um, (laughs) Those of you can't see, I just took Tyler (laughs) off the stream. (laughs) I took Tyler off the stream. Now, um, look, you have Justin Jefferson at one. You have Cooper Cup at two. I don't even want to ask why. Because it's the same. It's the same reason everybody else has Justin Jefferson. I want a Cooper Cup at two. It's just that it's not going to be 191 target and 145 reception Cooper Cup. That's that's it. Like, that's do you it. need anything else? Nope. <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, Cooper Cup should be going in the first round. How early are you looking to take Cooper Cup in the first round? Maybe that's a better question. 
anywhere after pick six. After pick six, who are you taking the first? Okay, so Justin, how how early are you looking to take Justin Jefferson? Any pick after four. Okay, so you would go. So So first three for me. First three, McCaffrey, JT, or JT, CMC. Flip the interchange to two. Three is Eckler. Four, I start thinking Jefferson or Derrick Henry. I lean Derrick Henry. Five, then a Jefferson. Six, I start to debate Cup, Najee, or Cook. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. I would just flip Cup and Jefferson around in my book. They should be going within the first seven picks seven, of your draft. Seven, eight picks, yes. Yep, yep. They should be going, Cup should be going within the first seven picks of your first round for sure. Allen Robinson, the new fun toy that the Rams signed this offseason, and we all were like, how do they have the money for this? They can't keep getting away with this. And here are the Rams just going out and signing upgraded talent at the wide receiver position. Al Robinson's a super hot name out of camp right now, man. The the Rams are just absolutely in love what he can do on the field and all the different ways they're going to look to get him involved this year. Like, it is a dream come true. It sounds like that this organization was able to land him. I miss my wide receiver 19. You have measured wide receiver 24. Are you like, how do you, what are your instant thoughts on Allen Robinson? Because my instant thoughts were like, okay, we need to tamper expectations. But after doing all of my digging, like I'm like, I'm kind of scary in on Allen Robinson. And I don't think I want to admit it to myself. <laughs> Maybe the best way to explain it is this. If I go Cooper cup, I am instantly targeting Allen Robinson and Matthew Stafford. <laughs> you just want the, the Rams offense. At that I point. just want the Rams offense at that point. Um, no, I mean, like, I, I feel like there's a reality that Cooper Cup is a steady 18 a week and Al Robinson is a steady 13 a week. Sure. Because you know this offense is just going to put up points. Yeah. That favors both Cooper Cup and Al Robinson. Right. Right. For his ACL tail last year, Robert Woods was the wide receiver 12. And then once Odell got settled into that offense in week 12 after taking some buys and coming off of, I believe it was his ankle that was bothering him that last season, was it not? Yes, his ankle. Uh, he was the wide receiver 21 from week 12 on. Uh, now you get a young, more spry, might I say, Allen Robinson in there. As the wide receiver two for this offense, and Cooper Cup likely kind of regressing this season, so that could open up more up. Op- I should say, open up more opportunities, but like give a higher range of outcomes for a guy like Allen Robinson, right? Like we again, we talked about this on the last episode. I used Allen Robinson as an example. He's a guy who's moving from a terrible offense with very poor quarterback play to a great offense with great quarterback play. That's that's what bodes well for these wide receivers. It's not poor quarterback play moving to acceptable quarterback play. It is moving from poor quarterback play to elite quarterback play. And that's what Allen Robinson is getting. Like his ADP of wide receiver 27 right now. Like that's where I think it's becoming a value, right? I will, I will gladly take him at that value all day. I don't think I'll reach on Allen Robinson, but like give me two weeks and I might start reaching down the board to make sure I get Allen Robinson on my team. Anything else you want to add on to Allen Robinson there? No, nailed it. Let's talk about your favorite player on the Rams. The guy who you have rostered and I'm sure are loving having rostered right now. Cam Akers. That is a very sarcastic grin on your face right now. You have no level of excitement to be rostering Cam Akers. Uh, Oh, there is some excitement just because he's a young running back. But like, gosh, I just, he is. There is nothing certain with this man at all this year. No. He is one of the riskiest picks, not just from an injury standpoint, but just from a usage standpoint. Sean McVay, we have two running back ones on this team. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. <laughs> just what you want to hear. I just want what you to throw hear. my pen at the wall right now. Because. Okay, mm. here's what I, I'm, I'm going to assign you a task here. Okay. Talk me out of having Cam Akers as my running back 25. Tell me why I should have him higher. I can't find a reason to move him higher. With 240 rushing attempts, might I add. Oh, shit. For how many yards? 
Uh, let me pull up my, my – I don't have that in my notes right now, but give me two seconds and I will have that number for you. Uh, Cam Akers. Also- Cam Akers I have statted out for 240 attempts, 912 yards, seven rushing touchdowns. Oh, gosh. 38 <laughs> targets, 30 receptions, 303 yards, two receiving touchdowns. Wide receiver, 25. We can't work with that. Um, I got him. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Well, shoot. Um, Maybe it's the yards that he has. I mean, that would be the argument I think I would have to take if I were you. Because it feels like seven or eight rushing touchdowns is about right. The receiving feels about right. So it's really about the yards. And for 240 carries and just a hair over 900 yards, it's not the most efficient rushing. It's 3.8 yards per carry. I think that goes to show how not confident I am in Cam Akers coming back from his Achilles and really basing my fears on what I saw in the playoffs last year. Yeah. He did not look good. No, I know he he's did. back to I know he's back to back to better back to better health. But even if I put him at four yards of carry, that's only nine hundred and sixty yards. So that would boost him up what seven fantasy points, six fantasy points roughly. Mm-hmm. Hashtag math. Bang, big math. Wait, no, wait a second. Nine twelve to nine sixty. Be like six oh. fantasy points, roughly. Just, yes, just six shy of six points. fantasy points. Yep. That would move him. That move him to my running back 23. Well, um, this just got awkward because I am out of arguments. <laughs> so so what has him at your your running back 18 then? Like that, maybe maybe we should have started there <laughs> instead of trying to make you create an argument for why I'm too low on Cam Makers. But well, what if I don't really want to do this? Because what if my stats are like the same as yours? And well, I mean, then... but that, I mean, but that, but that, that's fine then too because I think that just validates then different guys that we like and and what we expect out of these players, right? Like I don't think it's, I don't think it's like a bad thing if you have them there. It just means you just like other guys less than you like Cam Makers, and that's. I think that's fine. I just have a list of guys who I would much rather have over Cam Akers this year. Yeah. Uh, I've got Akers for 231 carries, uh, 1,013 yards, eight touchdowns. So you have him as a much more efficient rusher than I do. Yeah, by almost 100 yards. <laughs> right, right. So, but you, sorry, give me give me that rushing number again. 1,013. 1,013 by 231. So yeah, you have him at almost four point four yards carry. Yeah. So I wonder if the middle ground between us is like four point one, four point two that we probably should be expecting from Cam Akers this year. Which which is then like a high nine hundreds. Right. Yep. So we say so let's say he let's say he does hit two forty like I have him at by this is a math lesson now for all you kids out there. Aren't you glad you tuned in today? Uh by four point one. That puts him at nine hundred and eighty four rushing yards. Well, Cam Akers is just tough. Can I just can we just leave it at that? Cam Akers is sure. tough this year. Yeah, maybe it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> I he, it's just not a guy that I want to invest in this year, especially coming off Achilles. Typically doesn't bode well for running backs. And people say we haven't seen uh running backs with Cam Akers' ability how to struggle with Achilles. How do we know what Cam Akers' ability is? He's been in the league for two years now. That's it. Right? Like, like he looked good his rookie year, but like, I don't know, a lot of running backs in Sean McVay's offense look good. Not yeah, named Todd Gurley, of course. <laughs> a lot can change over a year. A lot can change over a year. So it's just one of those like I Cam Akers, people love like think he has like top ten upside. I I I I my hot take would have been Cam Akers is more likely to finish outside of the top twenty five than he is inside of the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's just where I'm at on Cam Akers. I want nothing to do with him this year. Matthew Stafford. Mentioned it last episode in the news, struggling with elbow tendonitis a little bit or elbow um, 
pitcher's elbow. Pitcher's elbow. Thank you. Uh, still a top. Throw, sorry, thrower's elbow. But thrower's who cares? Elbow. Pitcher's who cares? elbow, thrower's elbow. We'll tailor it to football. Quarterback ten for me. Quarterback eleven for you. I think the big thing with Stafford is I just need more consistency out of him. Last year it was a bit of a roller coaster with him of he'll give you 21 week, but then the next week he'll throw up a dud of like 12. That doesn't do you very good. We like him for this year. Like if I have Cooper cup on my team, I'm targeting Matthew Stafford because I want that stack. I want that stack with Stafford and he's cheap enough now where you're going to be able to get it. Uh <sighs> I don't know how much more we really need to add on Stafford. It feels like there's about 14 guys this year or, or tw- you know, 12, 13 guys this year. We're like, yes, these are the top 12 guys and we know where they're at in their tiers. It feels like Matt Stafford is in the like last tier of top 13 guys. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he finished as a quarterback five last year. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because of his own play. Right. There were quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson that missed time last year. Yes. And I think that's the point we're trying to make. And now you add in guys like Trey Lance, who has insane rushing upside this year. Jalen Hurts was quarterback nine last year, but was a quarterback two through the first 12 weeks. Yeah, like there, there's, there's a lot of quarterbacks that can um, kind of take over that quarterback five spot or at least finish above Stafford just because Stafford is very one dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I the quarterback five. Yeah. Like I, I think it has more to do with the guys who didn't finish there than it does with Stafford finishing there himself. Great year for Stafford. We love Matthew Stafford, but I'm not, not banking on a, a, a lock as a top seven finish again for him. No. Any interest in Van Jefferson? As a flyer, because well, a flyer, well, absolutely, I think. I oh, I mean, last pick in your fantasy draft. Who would yeah. you rather have, Van Jefferson or uh, who's another obscure random name that we can throw out here that's going in the last round of drafts? KJ Hamler will be a popular name. Oh gosh, yeah, Van Jefferson. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, Daryl Henderson, any interest in him? Only if you have Cam Akers. I agree. No standalone value, really. Tyler Higby. I like Tyler Higby this year, not just because we share the best first name any person can have, but (laughs) because, I mean, the man was a top 12 tight end. Uh, First 14 weeks of the season, I believe. I believe that's what it was. Yeah. Coming off a leg injury, though. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, And now with like three, I mean, Yes, Robert Woods was uh, was a target last year in the offense before tearing his ACL. But there will, I, I guess, the best way to put it, Rams tight ends are are pretty inconsistent as well. They yeah. will have games where they are involved. They will have games where they're not involved. That's almost impossible to pick because it won't make sense when it happens and when it doesn't happen. So, yeah. like. I don't know. I'll, I mean, if you are someone that takes two tight ends in your draft, like Tyler Higby as your tight end two is a great tight end two to get. But I, I'm not punting and going Higby as my tight end one. Right. Exactly. I, that is exactly it. I'm not punting to get Higby. That is for sure. Let's move on to the latter half of this division now, San Francisco 49ers. Let's talk about the guy who also just got a contract this offseason now. Correct. Debo got his contract, did he not? He did. He did. He did. I'm like, I'm not making that up, right? Debo oh, Samuel. That news last episode. Oh no. Oh well. Yeah. That was. <laughs> we kept within the past few days. If you didn't hear about the Debo contract by that point, you guys, like I said, you're living under a rock. So, uh, <laughs> Debo Samuel signs a contract with the 49ers. I'm at wide receiver eight. You have him at wide receiver nine. I've seen people have him as high as you know, like the four, five, six range. I just don't think the rushing work, eight rushing touchdowns is not going to happen. That's what's going to bring Debo Samuel down closer to 10 than it is to five. Yes. That's what it is. He's going to be an efficient playmaker still. Kyle Shanahan is going to find ways to get the football into his hands. Is it going to be, you know, 18 yards of reception efficient or 16 and a half is what I think he averaged last year. 
it's not going to be that efficient. Okay. No. Like efficiency will come down a little bit, especially when you get Trey Lance in there. Now he's a little bit of a wild card, but he's still top 10. Is there anything else you want to add on to that? I like, I don't want to sit here and debate what I like try and give a hot take on Debo Samuel. I think it's fairly reasonable to have him at wide receiver eight or wide receiver nine. I mean, it does worry me a little bit that when the rushing opportunities went up last year, the receiving work kind of came down a little bit. Brandon Ayuk out-targeted him Mm -hmm. from week eight on last season. Eight? Week, Week eight on last season. Yeah. So like that, that, that worries me a little bit, but the idea again, that Kyle Shanahan wants to get the ball into the hands of his playmakers keeps him as a low end wide receiver one. Yes. hundred percent agree with that. Uh, other pass, other wide receiver, not pass catcher, excuse me. Well, he is a pass catcher, but other wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk so far, the star of 49ers camp. A lot of hype out of 49ers camp about Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I was recently, I made an appearance on behalf of the fellas recently on uh, WCOV's The Score down in Montgomery, Alabama, the, the Fox affiliate down there on their morning show. Brandon Ayuk was the one player that I'm not telling anybody else about because I sneaky like Brandon Ayuk this year. If I hadn't made that video or brought it up to you guys beforehand that I was making that video. That probably would have been the first time you heard about my love for Brandon Ayuk this year. Cause I, I, I haven't even told yeah. you guys how much I, I actually really like Brandon Ayuk this year. Nope. So someone's lying over on the fellas and just hiding secrets from, us. there's a mole. <laughs> there's a mole. There's a mole. I met wide receiver 38. This is one that we were talking about this beforehand. You said, like, I, I'm going to say the number, and you're going to say, like, yeah, you should be higher. I got to do some tweaking. You have that wide receiver 53. Don't, whoa, 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 whoa. It's a number that starts with five, and I don't want to say the second spot because I know it's already bad that it's in the 50s. That's why, that's why I prefaced it with all that, though. Like, it's going to be one of those you're going to say, oh, I know it's too low. I'm going to move it up. I'm going to tweak it because I actually like him a lot more than that, right? Like, I like him at 52. So (laughs) one spot is the world of a difference. That's all he gets. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Look, I love Brandon Ayuk this year. Wide receiver 15. uh, After getting out of the doghouse last year, out targeted uh, Debo Samuel was averaging 15 and a half yards of reception. uh, Seventh most yards amongst wide receivers as well. I don't know what's not to like about Brandon Ayuk. I like, Trey Lance, I think I, I think he'll be Trey, fa- Trey Lance's favorite target. The fact he's going as the wide receiver 39 right now, like I think there's top 25 upside there with Brandon Ayuk. Like sneaky top 25 upside. I, I will play it safe and say top 30. I, oh, uh, well, it'll be top, 30, top, 30, top 30 for top sure. 30. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We can, we can settle on that. I think there's, I think he could slide into like the 23, 24 range potentially. Shit. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. 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 I think top 30 is far more likely, obviously. But I don't know. what. Do you have anything you want to add on to Brandon Ayuk as you're contemplating how far to move him up in your, in your rankings? I'm really, really intrigued by just how many videos of Trey Lance connecting with Brandon Ayuk in training camp. Yeah. Uh, it feels like every other piece of news out of 49ers camp is look at Trey Lance connecting with Brandon Ayuk here. So, yeah, no, I, I love Brandon Ayuk. Absolutely love Brandon Ayuk this year. Uh, other pass catcher in the 49ers offense, George Kittle. You and I have a little bit of a disagreement here. You have him as your tight end three. I have him as my tight end six. What keeps George Kittle in, as a top three tight end for you? Mike McDaniel is no longer a part of the coaching staff. I'm kidding. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, I I really, really think this just comes down to how Kittle is going to be utilized. It seemed like a lot last year. They needed him more as a blocker than as a pass catcher, and he missed some time last year. So that that is, I think, kind of a factor in all this, too, is that he he's not really had a healthy season in a long time. Sure. Um. But 
Kittle booms. He is, I don't want to say he's the Tyler Lockett of tight ends, but he he <sighs> will have at least one or two games where he just explodes for like 35 plus. That's true. I think I just see that happening more than once or twice. It's more like three, four, maybe even five times. Sure. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me with Kittle is again, he's got to stay healthy. And if I, if he's used more as a blocker, it's going to be the saddest thing in the world. And I'm not saying that like Shanahan's completely going to take him out of the offense. But there's just, there's such, there's so much talent that comes with George Kittle. It would be a shame if they did not try to at least incorporate that into the offense. I as agree. A, as a top two option. I agree. If It feels silly that the 49ers wouldn't heavily involve George Kittle. But my fear is, is when you get three playmakers of that caliber on the field at the same time, there's only so much to go around. And it feels like when they've all three been on the field in the past, George Kittle has kind of been the sacrificial lamb amongst those three of like, all right, George, go out and do everything else you do really well outside of catching the football because we're going to target Debo and Brandon Ayuk, right? Like maybe that changes with Trey Lance this year when you get a guy who just needs a safety blanket over the middle underneath. You get a George Kittle there. I think I think I'm just not ready to push as many chips in on George Kittle. Maybe I could float him, you know, a few more targets, but I don't know if it'd be enough to push him into that top five for me. That being said, I'm fine if you draft George Kittle as a top four, top three tight end. No, nothing against that at all. My projections just say I think I'm just hedging my bets on Brandon Ayuk more than I am George Kittle this year. And I was I was just gonna ask, like, if you had to rank the three pass catchers, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, in terms of like how you would I don't not necessarily like order them in terms of like pass catching for the Niners, but like maybe the maybe the way to ask the question is just to answer it. You like Debo the most out of the three. I do. You like Ayuk where he's going in drafts and the upside that he has more than where Kittle is going right now. So you go thousand percent. So you go Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. Correct. I go Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. Yeah. That's our difference. That's our difference. And it's really not all that big of a difference. It's but really not. It's worth hashing out for the people who see that big of a discrepancy in reality. I'm like, I I don't hate George Kittle. I just my projection, that's how my projections turned out. I just probably won't have many much George Kittle on my teams this year, and that's okay. That's okay. Trey Lance. Oh, baby, Trey Brother. Lance. How much do you want to talk about Trey Lance? I know you really are starting to like Trey Lance. I would like to talk about Trey Lance, but I will do it in the simplest way I can. I have him as my quarterback 11. You have him at 13, by the way. But Yeah, that's go going now. up. That's going up in a second. <laughs> I cannot do justice to what our friend Alex Caruso did. And I know that Alex Caruso has been mentioned quite a bit on this podcast. But when you listen to him rattle off stats about who could potentially finish as the RB1 this year, who could be the who could be the breakout player this year, when you hear him explain his argument for Trey Lance, you cannot help but just say Okay, I'm in on Trey Lance now. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Okay, you, let's do this. You became a new man after that man came on the podcast. You 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 became a new man, and I did not expect that out of you. you I got dunked, and then I got brought back up, and I said, <laughs> Trey Lance, tough, top eight quarterback. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> that's a great analogy. Oh, that's hilarious. No, I love Trey Lance this year. Uh in his three games, he was averaging just shy of 11 rushing attempts a game. Granted, two of those games he had seven rushing, one, one he had seven rushing attempts, one he had eight, and the other one he had 16. Okay, right? Like, like it's not going to be 11 firm rushing attempts a game. But even if he sees 
eight rushing attempts per game. He sees five yards a carry, right? Like we do some quick math there. That's right around 600 rushing yards that you're working with for a floor. Yeah. Carry the one on top of touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. He scores some there too. Yeah. So like a lot of fantasy points is what we're saying. A lot of fantasy points. Okay. (laughs) Quarterbacks who average uh, 600 or have had at least 600 rushing yards past three years. Only one of them didn't finish inside of the top 10. And, and 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 who was that again? That was uh, that was Cam Newton. Oh, of uh, New England Patriots, Cam Newton to finish as the quarterback fifteen. That's oh, washed Cam Newton. How ironic! So uh, all I'm saying is, it might not be pretty from Trey Lance in the passing game, but I like I I, I will use the words of our friend Alex Caruso. He has a chance to be Jalen Hurts on steroids. Would you say that that Trey Lance is potentially the better passing quarterback than Jalen Hurts? Potentially. Yes. Potentially. Yes. yes. I would agree with that. I think I would agree with that. I'm not like potentially is the key word there. Potentially. Potentially. We love Trey Lance this year. Absolutely love Trey Lance. Uh, top 12 option for me. He's the quarterback that I am 100% like waiting on in drafts this year. It was Jalen Hurts last year. Called my shot. You can go back and listen to all of our old podcasts. I was in on Jalen Hurts from the get-go, and I did not shy away from that. I had so much Jalen Hurts last year, and it paid off. I mean, I'm literally in a redraft keeper league, and my two quarterbacks going into this year are Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance. They're going to be great. They're both going to be phenomenal. And there's someone in that league, and this person listens to this, so they know exactly who they are. They have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I'm sorry. I would rather have Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. No, stop that right now. Stop that. Oh, for fantasy that's football? A, for fantasy stop football. That. Stop that. Well, like, you know, I mean, like, if Jalen Hurts was a quarterback two for the first, what, 11 weeks of the season? Yeah. Okay, fine. I take it back. I take it back. Because, yeah, but my, my problem isn't necessarily that you just said. My problem is more so that you just waltzed right into that and didn't even think anybody <laughs> would debate you on it. You thought you just waltzed right said, into whoa, that. You whoa, whoa, just, whoa, whoa, you, you thought, whoa. You thought I'd just be like, I agree, like I do with most things. Not with that. <laughs> yes, that was a little outlandish of me. But, but I mean, I, when you I, look but... at the rushing upside and you look at the ceilings and like, Maybe the better way of saying that is it rivals Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. It yes. could rival. Could rival. It could rival. And the point again, the point I'm trying to make is that when you can get rushing upside in your quarterbacks, it's a cheat code. Yes. Yes. That that is a thousand percent it. Lastly, uh Elijah Mitchell for the nope. 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He went so stone-faced. No. No. Just no. <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, no, I, again, hey, I'm go, not touching go. with the 10-foot pole. I, I'm not messing with this backfield. Shane Han is going to call a game based on how he sees it. It's going to be a hot hand and a committee. Those are the two worst things you can find at running backs. I ain't touching it at all. Not even Jeff Wilson, not even Tyrion Davis Price. None of them. I don't want it. I don't want to deal with the headache. Tyrion Davis Price currently listed as a running back four on the 49ers depth chart for what it's worth. Oh, the TDP owners are just in shambles or have incredibly high hopes because we all knew where Elijah Mitchell was last year. Yeah, remember, uh, hey, hey, here's the name. Uh, Trey Sermon? Yep, Trey Sermon one time. Yeah. No. Same with TDP. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. Sorry. Just ain't happening. 49ers have had a different starting running back for the past five years. Gosh. Each oh. of the past five years. None of them have repeated. It has been a different running back each of the past five years as they're starting running back going into the season. I I I I just want nothing to do with Elijah Mitchell. I don't I don't want to play running back roulette with that team. Like, you remember, be, like, be smarter here, people. Like, let's not let's not just assume 
everything is gold with the 49ers. Once you find out who is gold for the 49ers, they will be. But I, I, it's dangerous to assume gold with the 49ers in any capacity with their running backs. I mean, I literally had a tweet. I don't remember how long ago it was, but there are coaches I just strongly dislike in the NFL, regardless of how good they are. Because for fantasy purposes, they are just a pain in the rear end to try to predict and and guess. Kyle Shanahan is number one, and he will forever be number one on that (laughs) list. Forever be number one. Yep. Yep. Definitely agree. Let's move on to the last team in this division. We'll be able to clip through this pretty quick here, mostly because there's not a ton of fantasy-relevant guys here that we need to deep-dive discuss. But let's start with the pass catchers, uh, starting with DK Metcalf. I wish Cameron were here to give a more positive spin on DK Metcalf because he is still DK Metcalf truth and all the way home, and I am not. I'm, I'm just not. I look wide receiver 26 for me wide receiver 20 for you you were you were starting to say something before I cut you off there he will forever always have touchdown upside regardless of who his quarterback is I think I still have him scoring eight touchdowns nine touchdowns this year in my projections Geno Smith has trusted DK Metcalf in the past. Yeah. That is a sign for good thing for yes. good things. Drew Locke has also trusted bigger tar- or bigger targets, which also bodes well for Metcalf. But they can only take him so far. Yes. So is top 20 a stretch for me? Yeah. He's gonna be someone that drops in my rankings here shortly soon. But it won't shortly soon. Redundant. Anyway, <laughs> it's been a day. It um, DK Metcalf is still a wide receiver too. If you can get him as a flex, win. It's an absolute yeah. win. Oh, it totally is because there will be the weeks that DK Metcalf puts up twenty plus points for you. There will be those weeks. There will also be the weeks where you're like, God, Drew Lock can't hit the broadside of a barn right now, and mm-hmm. it's an awful week that you don't want to have DK Metcalf, right? Like. I think the thing that will change for me is if they get an upgrade at quarterback in some capacity, albeit a Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't even know who else would be out on the market for them to go get. That's not Drew Locke or Geno Smith. My big thing is that there's just such a discrepancy in the accuracy of passes DK Metcalf is going to see this year. So if they get a more accurate, like I still have DK Metcalf seeing 130 targets this year. Mm Mm-hmm but only 77 receptions. Like that's a 53 target difference. So if they get something more accurate in there, well, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a few more receptions, but like I have DK Metcalf at his maximum volume right now. And nine touchdowns might not be the max. Well, maybe like 10, 11 might be, but that's still on the optimistic end for DK Metcalf too. He's just, I, I, I love him in best ball drafts. Staying away from him for the most part in redraft leagues. Cameron would be here to tell you otherwise, but he's yeah. not. So we will have our DK Metcalf uh, <laughs> avoidance parade here. Moment of honesty. Moment of honesty on DK Metcalf. There we go. There we go. Uh, Tyler Lockett. You have much interest in him? I I think I do. I little bit, but I'm not expecting a whole lot from him this year. If Drew Locke is the starting quarterback, I'm more optimistic. I guess. Geno Smith still peppered him with targets. I get it's just the quality of all these targets are just not going to be good. And frankly, I think this is a team that's just Pete Carroll is just going to run the football until someone stabs him in the heart. And tells him that he like until he physically until can't. Until he anymore. loses his. <laughs> Sorry, I've... that was going to be mean. I mean, it's the analogy I kind of went with indirectly that I probably shouldn't have, but uh, I think the people well, get what I mean. I was going to say stab him until he loses the gum and the glasses off his head, but that's. <laughs> Gosh, that man just irks me. Just 
Sorry, that was mean and unnecessary. Pete, you didn't deserve it. But... It's the glasses on the head detail that got me. You could have said you could have said anything else, but the glasses on the head for whatever reason got me. I forgot all about the gum, but the glasses on the head. I'm just envisioning just a a full just boom. Sorry, this went way too graphic. Let's oh, wrap this, this thing went up. way too graphic. Yeah, do we need like a, a rated R warning on this? NSF uh viewer discretion listener NSFW. discretion is, a, is advised <laughs> Rashad Penny speaking of running the football until you can't anymore uh Rashad Penny uh how do I want to ask this question because they drafted Ken Walker but we know Pete Carroll isn't afraid to not play talented running backs up front Rashad Penny got this treatment and he was a first round pick. Yep. So I you have you have them right back to back. You have Penny at 32 and Ken Walker at 33. Like I, do you have this being a split backfield? No, I just have a changing of the guard halfway through the season. Okay. I see. That so you have Penny, it more uh, yeah. Go ahead. Like Rashad Penny like does just enough to kind of stay relevant for fantasy. But then eventually they're, they're going to hit a spot in the middle of the season where they're like, okay, we're switching the entire offense over because this is just not working. Like, honestly, if I can be honest for a second, it might be that Pete Carroll gets fired that gets yeah. all this changed around. It might yeah. honestly be that. Yep. So I think if, if that were to happen, Rashad Penny and Ken, and Ken Walker are finishing pretty darn close to each other. That's what I'm predicting. I just, I think I just have, I don't necessarily have it being a committee, but I, 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 I don't necessarily either, but I do think Kenneth Walker does get a little more receiving work than Rashad Penny. Just a tad. I just find it silly if they don't give Ken Walker run this year. That's exactly it. That's exactly. You draft the second best running back in this draft and you don't give him any run. That's what I think it's, this is more about. I love Rashad Penny. I love, love, love Rashad Penny. He will be one of my favorite targets in drafts still because of his upside. But I'm acknowledging his downside of, you know what? Ken Walker is probably going to get his run too. So in my rankings, I mean, it just pans out. Penny is 34 and Ken Walker is 39. I am much more willing to draft Rashad Penny at his ADP though than I am to invest at all whatsoever in Ken Walker. Yeah, that that one confuses me a little bit that Ken Walker is going ahead of Rashad Penny, but yeah. I will much more. I will. I will. You will find me drafting in Rashad Penny almost 99 out of 100 times ahead of Ken Walker. Not ahead of Ken Walker, but in general. Like if you told me I have to pick one of the two, I will pick Rashad Penny 99 times out of 100, probably. Yep, absolutely. Uh, meaningless question because none of, none of them have fantasy relevance. Who's winning the starting job in Seattle? Drew Locke, Gina Smith, or. Mystery player who's not on the team yet. Uh, I'm going to lean Geno Smith. They lean the veteran and then actually just kidding. I'm going to say Drew Locke because, again, that would make more sense if Pete Carroll gets fired. <laughs> that's that's fair if you're running with the Pete Carroll gets fired narrative. I'm going to say Geno Smith does. Uh, you, I, I can't tell if you're laughing, bang your fist in frustration. I'm going to send you something real quick. All right, you on... do that. Instagram and you're going to laugh because it's exactly like the type of video that you would come across after saying something like I did. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I I'm going to say Gina Smith wins the starting job and I frankly, I could care less who does honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Pete Carroll getting the moves on. Oh, look at him running up and down the field. He, that man, look, he's got tendonitis in his knees. You Arthritis in his you knees. You feel it. You feel you it. You feel it. My <laughs> knees are starting to hurt just watching that video. Someone knocked the glasses off his head. Bow. Uh, we already talked about most difficult player to rank. Uh, we both we both talked about Marquise Brown. Ranking you feel most confident in. Besides Cooper Cup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides the obvious ones. Yes. Um. Kyler Murray. Ooh, I sneaky like that. I Kyler Murray. Like that. 
I think mine's Brandon Ayuk. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> well, just just based on oh, ADP and where I have him ranked now, and like the upside that he has. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you know what? I lied. It's Trey Lance. Oh, oh it's duh, Trey Lance. duh. It's Trey Lance. <laughs> I lied. It's totally Trey Lance at quarterback eleven. I will. He'll move up. He'll probably move up in my rankings too. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. We'll drop the socials one more time here before signing off. FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Just three stooges being dudes here. Fantasy Football Fellas. Anything you want to add quick for the end of the episode? I forgot to ask you that. Yeah, Pete Carroll's going to get fired, man. Pete Carroll's going to get fired. Pete Carroll, I'll keep on keeping on, people. Put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Thanks for tuning in to the episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. We will see you all next week. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.